0: Hey, welcome to the 151st episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode was brought to you by patrons Dempsey Tapley, Evelyn Belasco, Shane Collins, and
1: Stephen Heliker. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enloe. Today we've got Jocelyn DeBoer and Don Luby. They just got back from Sundance with their feature film, Greener Grass, in which they star, directed, and wrote. So they're a triple threat. We're going to talk about how they turned their successful short into a feature film it's kind of a long road that's really fascinating but then also they managed to make the feature in record speed uh, they're an incredible collaborative team it's a real treat yeah i mean it is insane we
0: find out in this interview that they started writing in january of last year and they played at sundance in january of 2019. just like, incredible yeah, yeah. How fast do you have to make a movie to get into Sundance after Sundance?
1: Yeah, you'll learn from them. It's a really great episode, uh, especially if you want to make your own feature or if you have a short and you want to figure out how to make it into a feature. Yeah. These two have all of the answers. They did it, so can you. It's a great conversation. I can't wait to hop into it. I think we're going to bypass our catch up today. But before we get into our conversation with Jocelyn and Don, we have one important thing to talk about, and that is our Patreon. Yes, that is our Patreon. You guys should check it out. Patreon.com slash Just Shoot It Pod. It's the uh, rolling Kickstarter crowdfunding sort of situation where uh, you subscribe a little bit of money to us every single month to keep the show going. It's like buying us a cup of coffee or paying a buck or two for an episode. And it helps us do things like throw live events, pay for all sorts of bandwidth and sponsorship, do remote recordings, which is a new thing that we've been doing more of all the little things that have kind of changed and grown out of the show in the last year or two i think that the we're really trying to evolve the program and um that's uh thanks to your patronage
0: yeah uh it's awesome we've been getting a lot of patrons lately two of our five biggest patrons have actually been former guests on our show that's incredible yeah I guess uh, that's a one way to self promote, <laughs> um, but yeah, we really appreciate it. Check it out; it helps us a lot, uh, and it's awesome. So, thanks. And without any further ado, let's get into it with Don and Jocelyn. Well, hey, Jocelyn and Don, thanks for coming over.
2: Hi, we're happy to be here. This is Jocelyn's voice. This is Don's voice.
1: This is Matt's voice. (laughs) this is also matt's voice oh weird um you guys are just back from sundance when did you get back
2: we are late sunday night so okay like a couple
0: nights ago yeah yeah were you there the entire time
2: we were Mm-hmm. Our movie, we weren't going to, and then our movie screened Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the second weekend, and we were like, we've got to go. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. You did the
0: first weekend, too.
2: We did. Yeah, The whole shebang. And
0: were there, like, events or, like, photo sessions or things, like, for the filmmakers that first weekend?
2: Yes, the first weekend was very busy. Uh, we had, I guess, what you'd call two press days, where we went around uh, to, and did press
0: and on those press days is that something Sundance arranged for you or like your publicist
2: I mean, Our publicist. publicist and then Sundance mm. also arranges so many nice dinners for the filmmakers and they have this cinema cafe thing where you get to mm. I think be on the Sundance channel wear or your yeah. lanyard yeah <laughs> <laughs> we wear our lanyards everywhere
0: that sounds pretty cool I guess I should apply to Sundance <laughs> um, I always just thought it was kind of like a throwaway <laughs> festival <laughs>
3: Um, you get a lot of a whole, free swag, and I mean that was the main reason we wanted. Sure, to get yeah,
0: it. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, so. yeah, definitely. That's the only reason
1: you made your movie. They, yeah, oh, yeah, for,
2: yeah, for the swag. Your vision board
1: <laughs> is like just all swag. I used to make the joke about how all film festivals were filled with Stella Artois and Pop chips.
3: Yeah, like, yes, wait, it, that it, is yes. actually. It's, it's still the case. Still irrelevant. Oh man.
1: Too. Yeah. Great.
0: <laughs> oh good. So. <laughs> So, how'd you guys get in? what's the what's the story? What's your movie, I guess? Let's yeah, start with that.
2: Our movie is a feature called Greener Grass, which Don and I wrote uh, executive produced, uh, starred in and directed. That's um, a lot. We don't trust other people. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just like to work with each other. Uh, And And it was based off of a short, correct? It was. It was based off of a short film we wrote, starred in, executive produced, and our great friend Paul Braganti directed, uh, which was the first project Don and I made together back in the summer of 2015. It was on the festival circuit in 2016. And
1: did pretty darn well, right? Like, South by...
2: Yeah. Other yes. fancy places I'm forgetting. I do want to mention one fancy place, which was our premiere for Greener Grass called Clermont Ferrand. Oh yeah, that's Have a fancy you guys one. Heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It,
1: shorts only, right? Is that right shorts or no? Shorts yes. only. Yeah. It
2: is the can of short film mm-hmm. festivals. And I feel like so few people know about it in the States, but I feel like it was career changing to us yes. to really? go there. We had <laughs> never heard of it.
3: We we made our short and we Googled Best film, uh, like festivals good film festivals for <laughs> short films. Yeah, it and was the top Yeah, yeah. So we're like, okay, we'll apply here. I think it was free to apply or like three euros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah, that's what
1: it kind was. of its vibe, though, right? Like it's kind of meant to be democratic, like that, right? Yeah,
2: but they yeah. pay for you to. I think you pay for your flight, but they pay for your hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and were there your, over a week.
3: Yeah, and they give you per diem. Per diem. So it's. Uh, aside from getting there it's totally free i've never heard of a festival
0: doing that no for shorts
2: and for shorts you also don't get your hotel paid the only other festival that put us up was new orleans um which is also a great festival (laughs) but yeah so Clermont ferrand is where we premiered and we were where is it uh it's in a a town called Clermont ferrand france (laughs) yeah
3: kind of in I wanna
2: say the center of France, mm-hmm. like a
3: couple hours south of Paris.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, but didn't you make a short before that? The arrival?
2: The arrival we made uh in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh about... after
0: Greener Grass. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you made Greener Grass and got into a bunch of festivals, including yes. South By and Claremont. Yes, Fernand. and
2: before we even yeah, got right. accepted to Claremont Ferrand, we were already on set for our second short, which is called Buzz. Which might be our favorite thing that we've made. <laughs> is um, Buzz
1: available to watch? Or it no? is
2: not. It just recently kind of completed its festival run, and we we're gonna release it on Vimeo soon. So Buzz, we were on the set of Buzz. We were shooting on location, and we're like
3: near called? the Neverland Ranch. Yeah, right near the mm. Ranch. It's very close to that, in <laughs> and, like the central yeah. coast. Of California.
2: And we found out we got into Claremont Brown on set for that. Yeah. We were like, what is this? <laughs> that's
1: a good vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah, a, which yeah is but I guess vibe. you probably don't realize how awesome it is yet, right? No. Yeah, yeah. no.
2: But we were thinking about that recently because in my head, it's always like, oh, Greener Grass was successful as a short. Then we decided to make a second one. But that wasn't it at all. We hadn't gotten into anything and we were already full tilt boogie already. on the But you kind
0: of knew. So I've, I've seen I've seen Greener Grass and I think I saw the arrival. The arrival. is also baby related, right? Uh huh. Yeah. They're both baby related. Uh huh. Buzz has no babies. Okay, I won't watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> I only watch baby stuff. Um, a hard pass from Oren. <laughs> is that? Uh, I feel like you could tell it. The short is good without getting into it before you hear back from any festivals.
1: It's well, like, but, but it, to be fair, it's also really risky. Like it's a weird movie, and so I'm sure any filmmaker would be like. Huh? we sure about this one you know like there's that thing of like oh i love it will other people get it is a, a question i'm sure you must have had, right? We yeah.
2: did have that to the point of it wasn't clear on set that people thought it was funny. You know how sometimes yeah, you're sure. making things and like the grips are laughing and the yeah. other actors are laughing. I think like Nick and Brian, who, like close friends of ours who played our husbands, would attest that they weren't like this is gonna be great.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, after they, they
0: didn't
3: gotten, think the it festivals, was. Really they were like, really awesome. It did. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, it is funny in that the way that I really want listeners to be aware of that. though like that is an incredible like you have like a very successful feature (laughs) film based off of off of it, a short I that it. people weren't sure they liked and they were starring
2: it. Uh, yes. Yeah, and the, I think that's true. Our good friends. Yeah, <laughs> our good friends. Our families did not like it. My family is a little weirder than Do- my My parents loved it, but my younger sister did not get did, it. Like, we absolutely yeah, yeah. lost her when yeah. Jill gives the baby away. I guess
0: it's probably worth describing what it's about because it's like tonally very extreme. Yeah. Right.
2: Yes, that's true. So it's it's a dark comedy uh, that has a psychological thriller aspect that's satirizing suburbia. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I guess like a Stepford
1: Wives kind of vibe.
2: Sure. Yeah. But totally. Yeah. Like. But like razier.
1: David Lynchy as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What were the references that you were kind of tossing around together to like?
2: Well, hone in
1: on the, the tone.
2: We were lucky in that we had the short mm-hmm. as a reference when we were doing the feature for the tone. And then on in addition to that, we wanted to be very careful about using any film or TV references because we so badly wanted the world to seem like this unique world you've just never seen before. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is use photography as a reference. Oh, cool. So particularly the work of Gregory Crudson. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but the like domestic... Mm -hmm. Um, you kind of disturbing surreal scenes with very controlled lighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, um, and that was your reference for the short. We use that just for the future. Yeah. Yeah. For the short, I don't know with Paul, what we were referencing back then. It was like one of the weird things is that you guys
0: have your adults and you have braces.
2: Yes. Every adult has braces. I don't think our short
3: is like this that much but at the time we were like very delighted by the web series Catherine
2: which Dean Flesher Camp mm-hmm, made with yeah. Jenny Slate
3: yeah and I think we liked the humor in that although I'm not sure it really is much of a comparison to yeah. the short yeah
2: what I remember loving about Catherine was the simplicity of it and mm-hmm. the nostalgia it's kind of timeless and it just feels like uh, my childhood like things that were on TV, and then Catherine has this cool aspect of they. I read that Dean and Jenny were trying to achieve neutrality in emotions (laughs) so like no one gets like too worked up about anything it's always this everything is neutral right kind of reminds
0: me of like the lobster yeah yeah yeah,
2: totally there's like drama
3: in the mundane right right
0: yeah or like insane things are happening but they're reacting to them like in very small ways
2: yeah yeah yeah. which is not quite greener grass but there's definitely an aspect of that yeah but photographers, we used as yes.
1: Yeah. I love that as a just a nugget of advice, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that so often you start getting into movies because you love movies. And so you kind of keep pulling from those reference points. And then things end up getting... You just end up with like watered down Tarantino or something. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's an easy pitfall for young filmmakers to make. And yeah. I think... I mean, something we think about all the time is, like, how do you
0: make a movie that gets into Sundance, right? Like, that's that's the big question. And if you see, I haven't seen your feature, but I've seen your shorts. Like, you can see how it's, like, a voice and, like, an angle that you haven't really seen much before, you know? That's nice. Um, it's probably because of that, right? Because you're not saying, like, oh, it's, like pulp fiction but with moms right it's like
2: yeah I wonder I will say to our fellow filmmaker listeners that we tried to get into Sundance three times before we got in with our feature and um in in those rejections had the opportunity to kind of build a relationship with the festival which i think is interesting we so we submitted greener grass and we got this very nice letter from one of the programmers who was like this was one of my favorite shorts it came really close but it didn't get in and and we didn't have a place for it and then the same thing happened with buzz and the arrival Oh, fourth, and then we were rejected again., yes. the fourth time. <laughs> uh, when we
3: applied for the labs,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
3: we got mm-hmm. we were finalists. Which, but, by the way...
0: Is with the, greener grass?
2: With this with- script that it may never see the light of day. A feature that did have a baby. Um, <laughs> but that yeah, is the I'll reason made <laughs> we made The Arrival, is because we wanted to do the screenwriter's lab and then do the directing lab. Right, right. But we didn't have a short that we had directed because Mitch Mickey directed oh, Buzz, gotcha. our our friend. And we love Mitch Mickey. I, mm-hmm.
1: I joke... But I think it might be true. I might be the biggest Mitch McGee fan. You
2: are not because oh, I am. Yeah, no, I fucking I am. love Mitch McGee. <laughs> yeah, so we, that's, yes. we so hadn't directed had anything. So it. we scrambled to do the arrival. We did it in like a month and a half, I think, from writing the script to submitting it to Sun. Or no, we just had to finish it. So we could say we had directed something. Right. Yeah. Because when you
0: were applying for the directing lab, you had to have directed something Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And were you always a team?
2: Our first project together was Greener Grass the Short Mm -hmm. in 2015. And
0: you wrote and acted in it.
2: Mm -hmm. You wrote it
0: for yourself Mm -hmm. because you were frustrated (laughs) with waiting for people to give you parts that were good.
2: Kind of, I or guess. kind of, we just wanted to make something. Yeah, I think I wouldn't call Jill and Lisa like parts that are good. <laughs> 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 not in the short. They're not very juicy roles <laughs> <Yeah>. for <laughs> any actor. No, it was more. I mean, like <laughs> we love playing Jill and Lisa, but uh, it's um, it's it was kind of our fantasy as like writers right. and world builders to to make greener grass.
0: I guess I'm going to rewind now. So you were both actors before you were writers? Yeah. So
2: Don and I know each other because we were put on a mod team, which is the sketch teams mm-hmm. at that Bright Citizens Brigade in New York. Mm. Um, so we are on this team called Onassis, which might be the best mod team ever to exist it in the Upright Citizens Brigade program. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I think that's right. I wasn't sure, Don, but I'm glad you confirmed yeah, yeah. it. I, it. Yeah. I've looked Let it Let me, up.
0: I just Googled yeah. it. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. in the top 100.
2: That's right. Onassis. Way better yeah. than
3: Bombardier.
2: <laughs> Wait, don't, don't rag on, on my That was Jocelyn's LA other team. sketch team. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so
1: there are a lot of great people from Onassis, though, right? Like that. You've had them on, Paul, yeah, Paul
2: Braganti, Josh Rubin, uh, Emily Altman, Cassia Miller, both like Mm -hmm. Emmy-nominated TV writers. Yeah, Lauren Lauren Adams Adams
3: from Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Then
2: Frank Hale, who's an incredible actor, comedian. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason Signs, incredible (laughs) stand-up. Rob Michael Hugel. Just such a great actor. Who am I forgetting? Alex Cordellis. Alex Cordellis. TV writer. TV writer. And... Um, Cory Walter Johnson. Such That's a, great a big co- team, you guys. Yeah. But anyway, Anasus so... was like our our family in New right. York. I, I moved to LA first and then Dawn followed kind of at the end of the year. And we were the only Onassis people that lived in LA at the time. And then we were like, well, we're, we're just going to hang out with each other. And we truly <laughs> went to the gym together, which neither of us are gym rats in any way, but we had nothing else to do. Yeah,
3: we would like eat avocado toast for an hour and go to the gym and it would yeah. somehow take from like 9, 9 a.m. to 1. <laughs> 1. And I think after a couple of months of that, we were like, maybe we should use this time to actually do something do productive. Something yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. And so that but at least you were we making s- money, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's
0: right, yes. <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, yeah. just because this is something that comes up on our podcast a lot and we get a lot of emails about this, like I guess I we always talk about New York as being like not a bad place for film and acting and all that stuff. Like what made you move to L.A. and like what... Like, do you think it was the right move? I mean, obviously, you just had a movie at I Sundance, so. so it seems yeah. like things are going well.
2: Um, for that alone, it makes me so grateful that I moved to L.A. The fact that I feel like in New York... What was happening with me, at least, is I was booking consistent enough work mm-hmm. as an actor that I was, like, paying my rent and... Like TV and film stuff. Mostly commercials Broadway, no. and lots of college humor, back when college humor was oh, right, doing, right. like, better-produced yeah. yeah, stuff. Yeah. Not that they're not now. <laughs> like, <laughs> outside. Using yeah. outside people, I Yeah, say. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, and I always knew in the back of my head that I wanted to write and direct. But it was just, like... That I was just so busy with Mm -hmm. improv and sketch and my work that I just wasn't doing it at all. Did you go to film
0: school or anything?
2: No, I was an acting major in college, doing a lot of like Shakespeare and Chekhov, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that kind of stuff, uh, at the University of Illinois out in the cornfields. And Mm -hmm.
3: yeah.
1: Don, were you focused more on acting or writing?
3: I had a bunch of random careers in New York that oddly. Prepared me exactly for what I'm doing now in a way I didn't imagine. You're an
0: orthodontist.
3: <laughs> I was an orthodontist. Um, no, I I worked for a um, photo dealer of like Oof. a fine art photo dealer oh. for several years. So we would just I it was this like very um, eccentric older English woman. And she truly taught me all about photography and composition and we'd go to photo auctions and museums and stare at photos and talk about them for hours on end. And um and then I also What a
1: weird perfect job to have. It is so weird, but Dawn is
2: invaluable (laughs) behind the monitor. (laughs) It's incredible. Her eye for uh, yeah, composition is so fantastic. You're like,
0: we could sell this frame for (laughs)
3: Um, And then, and I also was um, an actor, I did a uh, did off broad, mostly stage stuff. I was Mm -hmm. in an off Broadway show for six years and did a lot of UCB. And then I had another random career for a while for a Swiss finance firm. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to work in finance,
2: that also helps with our LLC. (laughs) 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 Is that where
0: you funneled the money to finance your shorts?
3: Exactly. No. So anyway, but I basically decided to move to L.A. kind of after visiting Jocelyn out here.
2: I was lonely and proselytistic. <laughs> <And laughs> you're
0: yeah, like, the gyms are amazing. Yeah. The toast?
3: <laughs> yeah. Toast, you get, so Dawn, you're going to love avocado. this toast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, they it's don't really have either. decent avocados in New York. That is true. <laughs> that is true. was <laughs> yeah. the main reason yeah. I moved. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> no,
3: and I remember it was also kind of in the back of my head that one day I would move to L.A. Mm-hmm. I think I had kind of hit uh, basically what I thought was like where I would go in my career in New York. Oh, mm-hmm. NASA
2: got retired at the theater too, so we were all in a bit of a like, mm-hmm. what do we do now?
3: Yeah, and I remember I was visiting Jocelyn in LA, and she basically said, no matter what, you kind of have to start over when you get to LA. Yeah. You have to re meet casting directors. You have to, you know, learn yeah. how to drive. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Did you know saying, how to drive? I, I hadn't driven since I was 18, yeah. so it was like 15 years or something without driving, and I avoided the 101 the first year I lived here, and it took so long to get places. <laughs> Wait, you
0: like didn't want to drive on the freeway? Don also yeah.
2: didn't make left turns. No. <laughs> no. Jocelyn Fair. was like, I'll drive.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
2: yeah, this I feel like the point that Don was making, I was such a shock to me when I first moved to LA because I had been with CAA for several years. I had a manager. Right. I had just had a leading role in a film that was mm-hmm. at Sundance and being distributed by IFC Films, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm in a great position. Yeah. I have like, all, now this was all in New York. Fine, everywhere. Yeah, Don't this was all yeah. out of New York. And then yeah. when I got. To L.A., I still had those managers and like that fancy agency, and I got several auditions. But my life changed completely because I no longer had my community of right. people asking me to do little shoots every right. other week. Right. And the commercial world is so different out here. Like in New York, you can really be a big fish in a small pond when you're a weekly performer at the UCB, or at least when I was living there, that sure. was the case. And in L.A., there are people who are career commercial people who you know, have Christmas dinner with the casting directors and what, blah, blah, blah. It's just like a totally different thing. So that's why I was telling my friends, like, I, I think Don was like, well, I'm kind of waiting to get a good agent. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have the best agent. <laughs> like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you have to come out here. Well
0: Yeah. It is cra- crazy because like on one hand, like we tell people, if you come to LA, like you literally, any coffee shop you walk into, like five people will be like, you'll see final draft on their computers. right? Yeah. Like you'll even if you don't try to be surrounded by people that are doing like the same thing that you're doing you'll fail right because um everyone is just doing it and it's part of the job is to like be surrounded by it right Mm -hmm. to be inspired and reminded and like to compete with the people next to you but so the but on the other side it's like you are like the best actress in cleveland and you come here and like no one wants to talk to you right because there's just
1: Every best actress from Cleveland already came here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's hard, I guess. Sure. But I think your point, though, Jocelyn, about like just kind of getting in, the sooner you tear that Band-Aid off, the better, because you do start from scratch again, right? Like you are. Yeah. You just have to jump in and, and get that whole process going so that you get to that success a little bit sooner.
2: And not to say you can't have great success in New York and just sure. stay in New York, but if that's what you want to do and you want to be in LA
1: but you
0: think you couldn't have done like these shorts in the movie in New York
2: I think we could have I just think we didn't have that open time that it was birthed out of
3: yeah I feel like in New York I was always felt extremely busy but I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I well, New York don't. is a way more
0: social city than LA, yeah. right? Like everyone is having dinner like from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. like every night of the week at restaurants and people don't like hang out at home that much, I feel like. Yeah, compared totally. to here where it's like you have so much free time and even when you're in your car, you're by yourself thinking about things, right? Yeah. Like in a way that you're not in New York.
2: Yeah. Don and I both are middle children and we don't like mm-hmm. to be alone so it works really well because we <laughs> spend all day together and then when we're in traffic call each other <laughs> to <laughs> talk. And it's uh, yeah LA is isolating so I was like oh I found someone who's just as lonely as I am. Perfect. Truly. <laughs> really?
0: And so did you guys do anything to make money? When you were here? I guess you were doing still doing commercial acting.
2: Yeah, but I was doing a lot of improv coaching and also babysitting when Don yeah. and I first started working and together.
3: I like uh, two weeks before I moved to LA had signed a book deal. Um I did this book of like comedic essays and preteen diary entries. Uh what's the book called? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's called my 1992 diary. Wait, how did you when get that? I did you have like a
0: book agent or something?
3: It was random. I was not, not a writer. Your house. <laughs> not a <random. laughs> It was I, Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I um, my mom was cleaning out our basement and came across all my diaries from when I was a preteen and like sent them to me. And my husband and I were reading them and like laughing, and he's like, "Oh, you! Sh-. This was when Tumblr was really sure. a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it still is, but he's like, just put them up on a Tumblr. These are really fun." And so I did, and somehow it like my blog got picked up by um, like it was on the front page of like yahoo mm-hmm. and then it was on like <laughs> cnn and all of these serious news sources and like so a, basically yeah, like preteen it became, discovered <laughs> yeah oh a, a woman from the 90s <laughs> and um somehow j- it became like a bit of a viral thing right I, that's kind it, of like
1: the sweet spot of like you have a successful Tumblr that then becomes yes, a, a book Yes, and then it becomes a book deal. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. I guess
3: I'm writing a book now. Um, so I really lucked into that. But the timing was such that I got this advance, and I was like, oh, I could quit sure. my dumb, weird Swiss finance job that I've been trying to quit forever, and maybe I'll use this time to move to L.A.
0: Wait, did you bring your husband with you?
3: <laughs> I did. <laughs>
0: That's like, I feel like a lot of people here that have trouble moving to LA, it's because of that. Well, yeah.
3: my husband actually, he lives and works in Seattle and we've always been in a long distance relationship. Oh, wow. And so when, when I was in New York, I'm like, maybe I'll move to LA. He's like, yes, we'll be on the same coast. Yeah. One day we'll live in the same state.
0: Yeah. Wow, so he still lives in Seattle?
3: He splits his time between Seattle and here. Oh, wow. And Don goes there, too. I go there,
1: yeah. Seattle's a really great town, too.
3: It's great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: You should try the coffee, I hear. It's the best. I hear things. (laughs) Well, cool.
0: So, okay, so you made this short, uh, and did you do UCB stuff in L.A., too?
2: I do a weekend team called Search History, where we go through people's Google search history and then do an hour of improv based off that. Mm-hmm. And I was put on that team, I think, about six months after I moved. But before that, I did audition for Harold Knight under Alex Berg. And I'd already been on Harold Knight in New York mm-hmm. for like two years on what I think was the best Harold team at the time. And then I didn't get a call back for Harold Knight. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and then
2: like six months later it was put on a weekend team yeah. and I was yeah, like okay yeah. Darcy Carden also auditioned yeah. at the same time and, and I don't remember if she got a call back or not but we both didn't get on Yeah. and then now we're on an, a weekend team together there's but, a little
1: bit of like LA New York yes. rivalry with that stuff. so
2: I just yeah. wanted to throw that out yeah. there for people that it, it still isn't easy at UCB either <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah
0: and you see people going into those auditions and they know all the judges are, is that what you call a person yeah, that's yeah. judging yeah. a judge Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, But then Don and I both did mod night out here too. I actually was on a team that lasted four years called Bombardier, Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, and uh, I was on a team called the Bus, which lasted one year. mm -hmm. R.I.P. But Don,
2: uh, I've always been an actor on mod, but Don was always an actor in new york and then was on the bus as a writer yeah
1: Yeah. that's interesting how they split it up like that yeah so were you not writing for bombardier
2: never no they didn't let me
1: (laughs) fast forward you guys are making your shorts right so that brings us up to like greener grass is doing really well it's going to france and austin and all these great places what makes you say hey let's turn this into a feature film yeah or like and also what's like, how do you get
0: it financed and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I guess that's yeah. a big question.
2: Greener grass, as we've described, kind of took on a life of its own. IFC approached our managers, mm-hmm. interested in seeing if we wanted to pitch a series, and then we did. And we sold it to IFC. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually pitch that around. And was that Um,
0: your first TV pitch thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I had pitched uh, a TV version of That Couple You Know, which is this little show I did with Mike Scollins and Josh Rubin Mm -hmm. and Emily Altman, Um, where Josh Rubin and I play an annoying couple, basically. So I had been through the TV pitching process with that. But then um, it was our first time pitching together. Yeah.
0: Can yeah. you give us the logline for Greener Grass, the TV show? Yeah. Oh my gosh,
2: I can't even remember it. I know.
0: Is it di- is the short different from the feature,
1: and like it's it's the same characters, you, right? And just just to clarify, you're pitching the a TV version, which yes. actually right. was so, like, quite
2: different from the yeah. short in a way that we then. Kind of stripped when we were doing the feature and went back mm-hmm. to the roots of the short. I see. Yeah.
0: And the short's about two competitive women, right? It, it,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're. Co- I feel like at one time our log line was like, "Well, Jill and Lisa compete," or no, "Well, their children compete on the soccer field. Jill and Lisa compete on the bleachers." But then we uh, moved away from that. Yeah, but because it's anyway.
1: hard to like put tone into a log
0: line. It, and it is hard. So yeah. much of what, but yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, you're competing, but it's like so extreme, like. If yes. one of you doesn't have a baby, then the other one will give their baby away to be cooler, right?
2: <laughs> like, uh, uh, yes. And we we try not to give away plot points that aren't in the short, but that one is in the short, and it does happen in the future. Um, but yeah, so we so we were at IFC right, for right. we were developing that pilot for I want to say like five or six months. So like how does
0: movie. that work? You mm-hmm. you is there a production company or are they just like your manager ifc comes to you and they're like hey we love your short pitch this to us as a tv show
2: it, it was that kind of thing yeah. um and then uh, we went with Brillstein, who mm-hmm. were our yeah. managers at the time and, and did
0: they help you develop the show at all or was it just the two of you
2: um it was the two of us and then we did go in to their conference room and pitch it and mm-hmm. they gave us some great notes and
0: what's um, can i just yeah. just to dig in a little deeper Please. into that what like how do you s- structure a pitch for a tv show like for that TV show? Yeah,
2: what we did is we made a pitch packet that I think was, how many pages was that? Like I want to say around
3: 15. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and
2: so Josh Rubin is the one who put together the pitch packet for That Couple You Know. Which was then what we modeled mm-hmm. <laughs> greener grass. Right. You're after. like, oh, I've got one of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the it's like these very beautiful pages mm-hmm. that were done by a graphic designer sure. that we and, paid. And Josh
1: also have a, has a background in commercials, so yes. like, there's like a magazine style, yeah, pitch very
2: to it. beautiful
1: pitch yeah, deck. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Um, and, and so with that
0: designer, do they help you find the images and stuff too?
2: We actually made a Google Doc with all of the images, and so we were like page three tone and then like Mm -hmm. six google images and then a paragraph and then the graphic designer laid it out and she made it all look like an old-timey newspaper Mm -hmm. kind of thing that's cool (laughs) um And And so you printed it
0: out for your pitch?
2: Yeah, we we gave it to them. Now I'm remembering we were told to give it to them after the pitch. So they're not flipping through it the whole
1: time. I I 1000% agree with that. Like that's a thing. We've had a lot of debates because I pitched this show a couple of years ago
0: where we had like a presentation, like a PowerPoint type of thing. First it was like images and text. And then we were like, no, no, that doesn't work. And then it was just images and we were talking about them. Because we felt like it would help us set the tone. And, like, when we talk about a character, like, you could see so much if we just put a picture of someone. You know, their race and their age and all that stuff that you don't have to, like, just unload details like that during the pitch. I
2: remember debating about this, too. And then, actually, I think what we ended up doing was giving the pitch packet to them. Yeah. But, like I said, we didn't take it around. And
1: then they start just, well, I mean, look.
0: Well, they bought it. They bought it. So you know. <laughs> so what do they do? Yeah, they yeah. buy a pilot, or how? What happens? They then? buy
2: a pilot, but you also negotiate your contract for six years, which you can mm-hmm. then renegotiate after two years. I think, but that's mm-hmm. very interesting. As
0: showrunners or as <laughs> um, producers, creators, we. Writers?
2: I
3: think we were co-eps
2: was... that could become eps. I think the second year or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was negotiated that we would star in it, but. Not necessarily
2: direct. Yeah, and that was one part we were very worried about because we really wanted to direct it. What
0: Can I ask you why it was so important for you to direct it?
2: I want to say first and foremost that Paul Braganti and Mitch McGee, who did our first two shorts, were our film school. Like, Mm -hmm. they let us shadow them. Our editors let us sit there and, like, learn about shots. And sitting in on the edit taught us so much about writing and also writing for film and also Mm -hmm. directing. So, those were absolutely invaluable. But then, when it got to a certain point that we were like, oh, we know how to make a shot list, or like, we, we found that because we're writing it and we happen to write kind of unusual worlds that just no one gets the tone as well as we do in our brains, of course. And we just felt like we wanted to be the ones making the decisions mm-hmm. and f- felt confident right. to do that.
3: I think, too, with doing our three shorts and sitting in on the edit every single moment... We really with our scripts write with the edit in mind so much and mm-hmm. we see it. Exactly, not at all. Yeah. And we really think about what you see in the frame when mm-hmm. in every li- moment. Yeah. That I think it's gotten to a point where it would be so hard to write something and not direct it. Mm-hmm right we would have to do so much more stage like description in order to get what we wanted (laughs)
1: yeah this is a 300 page script i think it's gonna run (laughs) about 72 minutes wait
0: you guys are always on the same page i mean the your the tone is so unique and the visuals are so um original that it's like hard to believe that two it's coming out of two people you know and not one
2: yeah I feel like we certainly will go back and forth about the way Mm -hmm. that something will be. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that happens the most in the development process. Mm -hmm. So like, Oh, should she have a son or a daughter? I don't know this and that blah, 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 going back and forth, back and forth. And then, um, come up with an answer to that, that by the time we're on set, we're like on the same page. But, um, but yeah, I feel like developing together is the only way we get to what, We get because it's always like uh, I'll pitch a little something and then Don will make it better and then we'll take that and I'll have an idea. And it's so much collaboration.
0: Well, what about on set? Is one of you more worrying about the camera and one more worrying about performances? Yeah. Yeah. How did the
1: um, responsibilities get sliced up?
2: Everybody always asks us that. And the best answer we can think of is like. We always tell people that we're like a two-headed monster. like mm-hmm. Or no, we have the same brain, I should say. A one-headed, <laughs> a one-headed, like, <laughs> a one-headed Two monster. Why so are we a monster? <laughs> no, yeah. but we're like, think of us as one person. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And we do, we
3: both... We both do everything, which sounds like it would be chaos, but it somehow isn't. And I, I think it's because as much as possible, we do everything that we can in the preparation Mm -hmm. so when we're shot listing we really really are on the same page then it like if we have disagreements Mm -hmm. it's ideally happens then and we figure it out before we get to set right and then we just know exactly what we want to do and it's not like we're both talking to an actor and telling them different things or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like in any given scene, often one of us will be communicating with the actors and right. we'll, we'll try and be mindful that we aren't both bombarding an actor, for example, mm-hmm. but not that
2: it's never happened. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. I've I've worked. Have you been on sets with two directors? I mean, I've co-directed a couple things, but I've also been on other sets where there's two directors. I did do one
1: co-directed thing that now that I think of it is funny because, uh, it was like a reality style thing where they basically should have just hired me to write. It's what I think they wanted to do, but just didn't know better. I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was a show called ghost hunt and it was like reality style where people who had ghosted each other got brought back together. So you co-directed that? Yeah. I co-directed that. Yeah.
0: I've seen like with other directors, it depends. Some of them are it was a nightmare. So in tune with each other. Like, Mitch and Phil, these two guys, one of them, Phil is, like, kind of more the artsy person, and Mitch is more the technical person. They're both... Phil is very technical, and Mitch is very artsy and creative, but, like, on set, like, Phil is more, like, messing with the art department, and Mitch is more, like, messing with where the camera's going. And he tends to talk to the actors a little bit more, Um, but also when things aren't going well is like when you notice it the most because there's just all these whispers behind the, the, <laughs> uh-huh, the monitor right. and it can be, I think for the actors, like, like unsettling ten. sometimes, yeah. like, did you like that? Did you not like that? Yeah. Is it like, hey, so, what, are they, what are they talking about? You know? Yeah. And in commercials, it happens all the time, right? right? Cause the agency and there's 400 people totally. giving notes mm-hmm. after yeah, every take. And, and then like, you walk over and you're like, sorry. And you rotate a pillow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's <laughs> well, that's, that's like that's my part. dream is to be like, sorry, it's just this pillow looks weird. But the worst is when they're like, can you just say it, like, can you just smile more, you know, when you're saying it? I know it's a funeral scene, but, like, they just they just <laughs> want a just, positive just spin one, on it. Just one where you smile, yeah. please. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you feel like it's not even something that comes up.
2: Yeah. It's And we had the luxury, too, of, I, I always feel like being directors now, after being actors for years, mm-hmm. we've gotten to be on so many sets um, and see how different right. ships run different captains run their ships (laughs) and uh, we uh, I had definitely worked with directing teams a lot particularly Josh and Vin Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: um, other ones too and I think so I had that in mind very much of like we need to yes and each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. always in front of people and anything else you know but also I will say Don and I are both midwestern middle children and very uncomfortable like with with conflict. We're, yeah, not that we can't <laughs> handle it. We certainly can, but it's not our mode. To, sure. to you challenge know. each other Like yeah, I don't think like I heard that. my parents fight Until I was like In my 20s So it's like Just It's like definitely A mode of like Well we're gonna keep the, Everything good Everything's yeah, gonna yeah. be fine We're gonna do One take like this <laughs> yes. And then we got
3: that Just for something Totally different Let's try it this way And then Let's we both
2: get yes, we can fight. get An alt of that done. Yeah, That'll be yeah. an <laughs> alt We'll get <laughs> No I'm <laughs> kidding we are making us Sound no, like but that, nightmares That is the way To
1: do it though right You know I, because I like It's so. easier to just shoot it two ways and then you know you'll come to your senses later. Yeah, just shoot it.
2: Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
3: I think also because with at least like greener grass in our shorts, because we wrote them and had read them out loud to each other a million times. Mm -hmm. We really are so on the same page with how we imagine the performances.
1: Yeah. 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 What I'm hearing is just that you're it's all on the prep. Right, like just so much and you over okay. avocado yeah. toast. You yeah. get yeah. it done, you know. Of course, yeah. like
2: yeah. everything changes on the day. Sure. As- Everyone knows. But when you have that prep together, you, you can at least be like, well, this is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So let's Yeah, make
0: that, a that's your baseline yeah. to start from. Do you guys give each other like performance notes? Like, oh, you know, it would be funny if you like grab this candle away from me before totally. I. Totally.
2: I'm sure yeah. that's the most creepy thing about watching us is watching us give each other notes. Yeah, that's <laughs> going like to be real weird. Strange yeah. pillow talk that everyone yeah. gets to witness. But we, we do have such a shorthand with each other that we're able to like give each other like quick, intense notes and performances change. And I'm sure it looks very strange to outside people.
1: I'm curious about just the mechanics of you two both being in front of the camera for what I assume is the majority of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, how... Like, is an AD calling action for you and all? Like, how does that work? Is there anything weird or unique in that way?
2: Um, Playback is so valuable. So what we do is we usually block the scene and then we roll on the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So then we can give any notes with like, oh, that picture frame is reflecting this Mm -hmm. light or whatever. Like that. And then we'll usually roll another one and then we feel like, like everything is set. Then we'll start doing takes and we and then we usually have a feeling of we've got it mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which comes usually internally like oh I think that was good we've got it and then we'll watch playback on that mm-hmm. and then usually do another one and then in the edit use the one that we thought we when we
1: sure. yeah yeah. Um, yeah the second to last take is kind of the winner it really been.
2: is yeah. yeah
1: and you don't have trouble like
0: getting into character and stuff like when you're also worried about, Yeah. I mean, I guess all actors have to like hit marks and do weird timing and stuff yeah, for the camera.
2: I think that's a part of film acting that is so different than stage acting mm-hmm. is there's always one part of your brain that's te- being technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do have our AD call action and cut mm-hmm. usually if one of us isn't in the scene um, right. sometimes, sure. but I feel like the AD just called action and cut on our set. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I struggled as an actor, like in an honest way. Mm -hmm. There are times when it is hard because you're worried about so many different things.
0: Right. Right. Especially if you're like running late or something and you know you have to cut like five shots and now you're trying to figure out how to do the scene in less shots, but you're also a character that's just supposed to like take their time right in the living room.
3: Yeah. It was harder for me than I thought it would be to... Act and direct like on our Feature and I think there was Also just a lot of elements At play we were Moving quite fast Mm -hmm. And what sort of page Were you guys doing we were doing probably Seven or eight page days Yeah Mm -hmm and yeah. we were, had several scenes that were outdoors in 95 mm-hmm. degree sun and just- Thunderstorms looming in a yeah. movie oh, that
2: yeah. doesn't have weather. <laughs> yeah. Where did you film it? Um, Georgia in August. Oh, okay, yeah, all yeah. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we had, it was a 19 day shoot. We had 17 location moves.
3: Yeah, there were babies yeah. and dogs. Mm-hmm. And so I I guess it might not be as a result of like acting and directing, much as just yeah a making lot a future of is stressful yeah. uh circumstances <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah yeah that we put on ourselves yeah. yeah right
0: so you you did the pilot for IFC and then it didn't it didn't go anywhere. yeah
2: it's we were just in kind of an unfortunate situation of we were on a slate of i think 13 pilots that got wiped when there was a, yeah, was a regime, regime change, regime change. Yeah. yeah yeah but it was the best thing that happened to us honestly because it's why we directed the feature mm-hmm. yeah. so you
0: had the pilot script and oh but then you abandoned that right and started writing the feature at that yeah, point
2: there was about
3: a week period where we were like, we should repitch this to other networks. Mm-hmm. We never really went around with right. it. And during that week, Jocelyn was down in Austin shooting the indie feature Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. I was and acting, in that. acting oh, in that Jim Cummings. Yeah, yes. and I happened to be at a film festival at the Napa Valley Film Festival because The Arrival was showing there. And
1: I, That's the best one, right? I mean, just
2: the most I'm, delicious wine and yeah. food. We won an award at that festival, and the award is like a three-and-a-half-foot-tall bottle of wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still have that drink. Yeah, we're like
3: a when Magnum? the... Magnum? Yes. To throw a yes. party, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, but I think, oddly, both of us... Being apart from each other and having those experiences of Jocelyn being on it, on an indie set making mm-hmm. a movie with right. a lot of friends, and I was and
1: as DIY not DIY yeah. but like there's a spirit to what Jim's Jim trying to do, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And
3: yeah. I was surrounded by all these other directors, like filmmakers that that week, and talking about right. you know next your next project, sure. and mm-hmm. we both right. kind of got back to L. A. And we were like, what if we didn't sh- pitch this as a TV show? What if we just made a movie? Mm-hmm. And from that point, it was like just a quick, fast decision. And we were off and running. With yeah,
0: Did you guys like high-five each other at the end of this conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and so
0: how long did it take you to write the feature?
2: I would say we started really writing it in January. Mm-hmm. And then we sent... And last year? Yeah. Yeah of two thousand eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah we sent our producer natalie metzger who is a, a producing god walking among us <laughs> uh, how did
0: you s- f- attach her
2: uh we so she had done our short the arrival Mm -hmm. and we found her from jim cummings Mm -hmm. who our our short greener grass was in competition with thunder road at south by and so we kind of met at a party and then facebook messaged him and we were like you had the best short at south by who is your producer we want a producer and that's how we found natalie and and when you
0: attach a producer to a short uh, do you like have to pay them or how does that work?
2: So Natalie kind of decided what she would be paid and we mm-hmm. always see it as a line item, but it's never a conversation for some reason. Like <laughs> This is what I need to make, but we're like, oh, that's how much Natalie's giving herself. That's sure. not enough. Right, right. <laughs> yes. But so you you raised money for so
0: it work. and then you give her the budget you're like, we have,
2: yeah, we have yeah. this 20 amount grand of money. 20 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And for our feature, we were very lucky in that we had a sole investor who was like a fan of the short film who uh, wanted to fund the feature, which is insane and rare. Was there like yeah. a
0: certain... Did you know how much money you needed?
2: We went to Natalie
3: with the budget, which was what this investor had said. Oh, like, he, oh, here's the lump sum, basically? Yeah, yeah, which, was willing to fund, and we're like, this is the script, wait, so this meant, is the amount of money we have, can we do it? Yeah. Right? So you
1: met this
0: investor, and you were like, what's the most amount of money you can give us? <laughs>
2: no, 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 They were basically like, um, I, like, I want to give you this like amount here's what to I got. make a yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and we're, it's not a film person. No. <laughs> Just a fan of... We
2: joke like an orthodontist frustrated with uh, the popularity of Invisalign. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> a movie about braces. <laughs> yeah, really yes. Right. Finally. Perfect. He's funded some other
3: film projects. but For j- other people. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not his. He's not in film.
1: But that's a really fast track then. Yeah, was very wrote, you
0: started fast. writing in January and then you were in Sundance in January. That's, like, insane. It was. I thought making a movie takes two
1: years.
2: That's why, Matt, you were like, I haven't seen you in three years. And I was like, really? I have, (laughs) like, we have just been off the planet. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Making a movie. Great. Good. Yeah.
3: Uh, We met with Natalie in, I think, May with the script. And we were down in Georgia in pre-pro in July.
0: Wait, and
1: We
3: shot in August.
1: I just got a head rush from that (laughs) sentence.
0: But when you wrote the script... I guess you had written features before, right?
2: We had written one that got rejected from the Sundance Labs. Right.
0: So did you like know most this of was them. good? Like, <laughs> you know, did right. you know, did you hit a lot of notes? Like, I guess, what's the process? You were just like, let's, this needs to be a movie, and let's make we, it?
2: We, had... we thought it was good. <laughs> We, we did have a couple roundtables with our Onassis friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and some sure. other people which were very helpful but also the tone of our movie is so unique mm-hmm. that everything obviously needs to be calibrated to us and our sense of humor and even our funniest friends we're pitching jokes and changes that we were like, this is so funny. We know this is so funny. And then got back and we're like, it's not right. Yeah. yeah. And so we found that while getting notes is very valuable, it really, we worked fastest and best when we did it. Sure. That it's funny. So I was just strange.
1: talking to my wife about this because we will like, once we have a script ready, we'll like do like a table read with, mm-hmm. a, we'll bring over a bunch of friends and kind of like go around and, you know, I have a phrase, I can't remember where I first heard it, but like uh, of people who know enough to do real damage, you know, like they're really smart, they're very funny, but like don't necessarily get what you're trying to do or whatever, just, or it's not your taste or their taste or whatever. And how I'm not sure that like the pizza party table read is maybe actually helpful.
2: That's I, so funny we're talking about this because Don and I do talk about that. And I think that is true. I think it can be very yeah, helpful. It can
1: mm-hmm. be. And it, it's not to say don't be open to notes or criticism or the way that people are perceiving your movie. But, like, sometimes, you you know, you've just got to blow a hard friend or something. And it's like they they don't get it. And it's hard to just – you can't just shut them up, right? Like, yeah, that's rude. They're, yeah. they're there to give you notes, you yeah. know? Yeah. Probably
0: it depends, like, if you read, like, the social network, right? Like, an Aaron Sorkin script, and the dialogue is just, like, amazing, but it's not visual. You know, obviously, the movie ended up being visually It's a radio play, yeah. But it also is, like, a script that's meant to be read. It's different than if you read The Lobster or something, right? And people are like, this, like, why is he turning into a lobster, you know? It's,
2: that Mm -hmm. is such a good point, and... We our short film Buzz, which everyone needs to watch. It's not up, um, but it. We had an interesting thing of Don and I thought it was for sure a comedy, mm-hmm. but very little in the script signified that. But we so knew that it was, and it's at festivals. It hits great as a comedy, mm-hmm. but, but on our- the page. Yeah,
3: Yeah, our producer did not think it was a comedy. While we were shooting, he thought it was a very serious short film.
2: And even Mitch McGee would sit here and talk with us about it, and the three of us were butting heads a little, in a very constructive way, but about whether or not it was a comedy. And Don and I were like like 100% sure it was. Um, So it's just a funny thing. where, And then it is, but it, it... so tone is like It's so it's hard. really yeah. tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I almost feel like that's a sign of a good movie is if like the table read goes bad, it means <laughs> that it's different enough that people are not used to it, you know? Well,
1: and I think sometimes people are just trying to tell you about the movie that they want to make. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or like
0: yeah. we had you know, I did made this movie about like a deaf kid and it, one of the people at one of our test screenings was like a special needs teacher. And she's like, I just don't think you even began touching on the special needs education opportunities that are exist in America. Right. Like, like this, yeah, I don't care about yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, They're <laughs> wrestling. That's yeah. your, yeah. Like they get so fixated on yeah, this yeah. one thing. They think or or what yeah. they connected on, which isn't yeah. what the movie's about.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Well, cool. So you shot the movie, then you got into Sundance. You've edited yeah. it for one month.
2: So really we should say we shot the movie when we did because we wanted to submit to Sundance. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was... And I, that's like
0: everyone that doesn't get into Sundance says that's like the worst thing to ever do,
1: right? <laughs> sure. Is that
2: true? I'm probably...
1: Well, I do think it's good to have uh, that deadline because yeah. it's kind of, I think, the earliest of all the deadlines. So it's nice to submit to Sundance and then your movie's ready to send elsewhere. Right. Right? Exactly. But everyone's like... A lot of people like race...
0: For sure. this, that de- like they edit their movie in like two Send weeks they and they submit a work ready. in yeah. progress and it yeah. doesn't get in and then like, oh I wish
2: we shot more days yeah that or we edited it.
0: longer or we didn't blow all our budget you know in yes. two weeks
2: so Natalie who produced our movie also produced Thunder Road right. and it, as you guys probably know Jim Cummings short Thunder Road won an award at sure. Sundance it won the Grand Jury Prize for Shorts and he his movie was just I think it was three weeks short of being eligible for Sundance. Mm -hmm. And so he just didn't finish it in time or submit it in time. And so Natalie was very much like, we cannot do that. And we also were like, we got to try. So I would say when we pencils down on our script well we never did we 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 knew we liked the script we never were like this is done Mm -hmm. but we were like we need to start casting we need to start this Mm -hmm. and we had major rewrites of the script while we were in georgia in the middle of shooting we were rewriting scenes so yeah yeah that is not ideal in any way but uh I just know that I can't imagine ever feeling like the the movie's ready. It's perfect. Let's shoot. Right. We just did it, and I'm glad that we you just did. had to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And why did you shoot in Georgia?
2: For the tax incentive, it our money uh, seemed to go the farthest there. Yeah,
3: we got an extra thirty percent on top of our budget, sure. basically, which is huge. Yeah, but you
0: had to like fly out cast and crew and put everyone up and feed everyone and all that yes
2: which is difficult but i guess Um, for
0: only like three weeks right
2: yeah and i would Mm -hmm. say too for our story we really wanted it to seem like anywhere america Mm -hmm. and not have the palm trees and where we shot in georgia it just couldn't be more picturesque and um so that was part of it too but but yeah flying people out and we we all stayed in a holiday inn (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: sounds great sounds like a blast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um genuinely uh yeah. was sundance aware of your movie as you were making it like they were they were. tracking it quote unquote
2: yeah a, a little I, a bit. little that programmer who had written us the nice note happens to be a friend of jenixa bravo's mm-hmm. who's an actor in our film who had lemon at sundance gotcha mm-hmm. um and so they kind of knew each other, and Jannixa was posting on Instagram, and that programmer was commenting, and then they had a phone call while we were on set. So we were like, "Good, we're on the radar." Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Nixa
3: put in a good word for us with some programmers, and as did Jim Cummings, and yes. and Natalie, our producer, also had a relationship with Sundance, so they kind of were in communication right, right. with with some of the programmers. Not yeah. a lot, but I think Sundance was aware. Yeah. I, I
1: think that's helpful for listeners, though, because, you know, you hear of, like, oh, like, who sent it, right? Who submitted it for you? All of that stuff. Or, like, how are people even tracking, quote-unquote, tracking a film in the first place? And, like, it can be that simple. It can be, oh, my friend's a programmer. They saw me on Instagram, you know? like, Yeah. And, frankly, is may be probably the best way of doing it rather than, like, pestering someone with something, you know? Yeah,
2: like, and... I thought it was interesting, Matt used the word tracking, that when one of the programmers were int- was introducing our movie at Sundance, she was like... These are two girls that I've been tracking for years now. Mm -hmm. They've made these incredible shorts and blah blah blah. And I was like, Oh, they have been tracking us, even though we've kept feeling like we were getting rejected by Sundance. You get rejected enough, they're at
3: least aware of you. Yeah,
2: that is a
1: wonderful lesson, though. It
2: it (laughs) is right because we were. Natalie was gunning for Sundance, as were we, but we were always joking. We're never going to get into Sundance. They don't like us.
0: Um, But I do think like one version of the story that listeners hear is like, yeah, these two girls made their first movie and it got into Sundance, right? And then the other version is like what we've just heard for the last hour, which is like they for years they worked together on a mod team in New York. They moved to L.A. and they restarted and they made short after short after short and got rejected and worked in other people's movies and did all this stuff and finally got into Sundance. You know, it's just like. Like, a new filmmaker, it's, it's very hard for them to recreate what you did because you have, like, so many years of experience, you know? It's just kind of about the perseverance and, like, the the long haul, it seems yeah, like. But yeah,
2: but we do... We got to talk to a lot of, like, young filmmakers at Sundance. They put you in these, like, round mm. tables where right. you can meet them. It's and, like camp a little bit. Right? Yeah, and we found that one thing we kept saying is our careers did change when we actually made something because that made all the difference for us to be able to have something to show people. And we have so many friends who are incredible writers who have scripts that they're shopping around. And not to say that's not a good way to do things, but for us, it helped to have something to kind of really show what our voice is. So we're like, if you can just shoot something that in our experience might take you farther than just shopping around a script. And, and
0: you're saying even like compared to acting, it just was, it's a, it's a different thing than making your own stuff.
2: It's a tricky thing. Like I feel sensitive preaching that you have to make stuff as an actor because I think acting is its own craft mm-hmm. that is so so special and so different from writing. Like you do not have to be a good writer to be a good actor nor do you have to be a director. It's its own art form that's beautiful and worthwhile. I think I wanted to direct and write separate from the fact that I'm an actor. So I I don't want to tell all actors you have to make something because I, I don't want that to be the case sure. for them if they don't want to do that
1: yeah when I mean, we've all seen the version of a like a semi improvised you know drama like the big chill but millennial or something you know what i mean <laughs> like uh, and there's a good version of that out there but like it's easy to kind of back yourself into trying something that maybe you don't have the ambition to hone that craft quite the same way yeah. you know mm-hmm. like being an actor is hard enough You know, like, that's a lifetime pursuit. So, like...
2: Yeah. But I do feel like... (laughs) Now I'm going to go back on what I'm saying. Only to say, I do feel like when we're casting... Like, for example, we directed two episodes of Adam Ruins Everything in the fall. And we really wanted to pitch all of our friends. And... Our friends that are terrific actors who don't have tape, we cannot pitch. Right. Like, right. in order to even get them seen by the casting director, you need to send the casting director something. Yeah. So,
1: you can't just be like, trust me. No. Yeah, we were the, like, and the directors are the ones saying, trust me. Yeah. Like, I want like, we've
3: seen this person on stage at UCB for years. Like, they're amazing. Please let them play this two-line sure. part. Yeah. And... Well, can you, know you they- get
0: auditions for them?
2: Well, we mostly did, I think we did almost all offers for our Adam episode mm-hmm. just because we know so many actors. But uh, I guess we could have had auditions, but yeah. they were just auditioning the yeah. kids for our episode, really.
1: Yeah, I think that that show goes pretty fast, too. On yeah, stuff, right? yeah, it
2: is really fast. But... It's something that I feel like when I was just an actor, I was really rolling my eyes at like websites and reels. And I was like, people know who I am. I don't need a real yeah. like or a website. Um, but we really use those even for casting greener grass. We still had to pitch cast. I mean, we had the final say, but we still had to give our casting director something to show, right. to, you know, any blah, 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 blah. So actors have tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, can we talk a little bit about uh, the future of Greener Grass, right? Like you guys got a lot of great buzz. You know, it's like, it was a, it seems like a pretty great year for Sundance. Like people are finally like, buying things and all of that. Um, what can you say about the future of the movie? Well,
2: One thing to say is we got back on Sunday and late Sunday night. Monday morning, we were back in the edit. Mm -hmm. So we are editing again Mm -hmm. and we're, why uh, because mostly we had f- six screenings with the greatest test audiences sure. yeah. and we just want to fix things yeah yeah um, mostly like carving out some jokes that we know are funny and we're like why isn't this getting a laugh oh there's a background child screaming right on the joke or right like gotcha. a lot of things like that
0: did you read like reviews and are you is, does we that play into yeah. your editing at all
3: we no. don't read any reviews A a few friends or whatever have texted us quotes from the reviews, Mm -hmm. so we're, like, a little bit aware. you're not curious? I think this is the thing. (laughs) Our movie... I think we have known had the potential p- to be something people loved or hated. Mm-hmm. Like we fully sure. made this Your and we were like half the theater might walk out. Right. And we just knew that going into it. And so I think I wish I could say, I don't care what the reviews are. Of course I want the reviews to be good, but I don't need to know what they say, Mm -hmm. whether they're really good or really bad. That's not going to help me or like, I don't want it to influence the next thing we make.
2: That is our biggest concern is we're trying to protect our, Our next project. Mm -hmm.
0: So even if it was an amazing review and someone's like, "You have a great review in LA Times or whatever," you would not read it. Um,
2: like we, I don't think we'll ever sit and read it on our phones. But like Don's husband read a lot of our Variety review Mm -hmm. out loud to us, (laughs) and that was really nice to hear because it was really.
3: But we would be like,
2: "Don't like, don't don't say say anything
3: that's going
0: to like." mess with our heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was he reading it from Seattle? Uh, No, he he was was at Sundance. (laughs) Sundance. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, we're redoing a lot of things in the future to get it ready for South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Oh, so Um, it's...
0: You know it's going to screen there already. Did they invite you?
2: They did. Yeah. We're part of like a something like a festival favorites program. Yeah. So it's right. like um, favorites from Sundance. Yeah, we're not
3: in competition because we've already premiered. But right. yeah, right. part of the program that. Of movies that was at Sundance. Yeah. So are that's you going ability. to South by? We are, are yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But so we're kind of in this mad dash to get the DCP off it's to South by in time. So that that is one thing that's next. Um, and you guys directed yeah.
0: Adam Ruins Everything. Did you get that off the feature being at Sundance or off the shorts?
2: Um, I suspect that we got that from Paul Briganti recommending us who, we got it while we were still down in Georgia or we Mm -hmm. got the call about it and then right when we got back we had a, we met Adam and John and John at the Earth Cafe and talked about it. And then we got the job after that. So we were joking that, like, oh, this is this magical period of time when we shot a feature, but nobody knows sure, if it's no good or bad. Oh, like, great. we're totally oh, riding great. on yeah. the...
1: Take your time. Use it as leverage <laughs> yeah. to get
3: some other jobs.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's never that finish it's it. It's okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but it was, we had to join the DGA to do that. Like, it was, that's why we were laughing. It's like, oh, we're full-blown directors now, even though our movie might be total... Sure. Um, crapola. <laughs> I hope it's well.
1: <laughs> I've read some reviews. It sounds like it's pretty
2: good. You <laughs> oh, guys. thanks, oh, Matt. No problem.
0: Yeah. And so, do you have anything else coming up? Are you? Do you have another feature? Are you gonna do more TV stuff? What's the plan? Do the offers just are they rolling? In? Yeah. Are you Doing it, a Marvel movie. It in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I, it's. I mean, it's only been a couple days, but like, have have your lives changed in any way you know that's the real question right like did the fairy come down and like anoint you and now you're in the dga and everything's perfect it
2: is funny like i do feel like when we got accepted into sundance and that was public it right it is this funny thing that we're we are trying to not take too seriously where all of a sudden like every agent and manager wants you we were getting sent like scripts from production companies looking for a director we're like whoa this is crazy yeah but and
0: that was um, all coming through your managers
2: and some some people find us directly yeah we have like an info address on our website but, yeah, so it does feel life-changing. Not that we think it's going to last forever anything like that. Yeah. But I think we're, we we want to continue to make our own stuff. We, um, with a laugh, are like, we want to be the female Coen brothers. So we want <laughs> to... We do want to keep making films that are, you know, really in our voice mm-hmm. and their own unique worlds and stories. And yeah. so our...
3: We have, like, an idea for our next project, which w- I, when we were um, working with IFC, sort of while we were waiting for notes mm-hmm. from them, we used that time to kind of develop our next project, and we have, like, an 80-page, basically, Bible for mm-hmm. the world, but haven't touched it in about a year, so... Oh, that's perfect. who knows what's in
2: there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is your writing, like, regimented? Like, are you like, okay, tomorrow we're gonna be... Working on developing or writing like from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m.
2: Yes, and it's that is that has been life changing to me working with Don as a partner because we are so productive <laughs> because we do treat our writing like a nine to five job that's truly like nine to seven often, and we. You guys
1: are writing nine to
2: seven. Well, we meet at each other's houses Uh and we have our toast. We have Uh coffee and toast. Great, good. And you know, we have lots of emails to answer and things like that. But when we're actually writing, can I talk about deep work? Yes. (laughs) We do something that I feel like I heard about on NPR randomly that I was like this is what we're doing.
1: Carlin is into this as well. Oh,
2: deep work. Yeah. I, I need to ask Carlin where I even got this idea. But Basically, we what the crucial thing about it is that we set a timer, which is usually either an hour, hour an hour, hour and a half, and then we turn off all internet and phones, and we can't look at any of that. And we deep work. And then at the end of deep work, we have either a 10 or 15-minute break. And then we go back into deep work. And we get to have a snack. Yeah, on the breaks, we have snacks. Yeah, that's
0: right. Wait, how long do you do deep work for?
2: Usually either an hour, and then you get a 10-minute break. Yeah. Or maybe a five-minute break. And then an hour or an hour and a half.
3: And I'd say we try and do on like a workday we'll do like five deep work sessions mm.
2: so yeah. five hours and then we yeah. have hours of not deep work when yeah sure. or, like emails. where we're like answering emails
0: and... and so during deep work are you ever like with a whiteboard writing scene ideas or are you just typing like in final draft or what we
2: did... use yeah. google docs a lot for yeah. our like instead of index cards or something we outline right. in google docs so we can both have it up on our screen and then we write our scripts on writer's Duet, for the same reason, because yeah, that's right, sure. we found that to be the easiest to have it up on both our screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think
1: Final Draft would have fixed it by now. Like, I, the I, one yeah. thing you need yeah. is to be able to share a screen with somebody else.
2: It it's, seems so simple. And I think they have something, but they tried for never really worked. It's never really worked,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow, so during that hour, you're, you're typing, you it. you're writing. And then yeah, do you read yeah. your stuff to each other?
2: Oh constantly. Like yes. are you allowed
0: to talk to each other during this hour? Yeah, oh
1: yeah, we,
3: we only talk. are talk we we are we, always talking. Okay, okay. In at any one time only Jocelyn or I will be typing. So we'll both be brainstorming talking out loud and she'll type or vice versa. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you so. pace a lot? Pace? Yeah.
2: No, we're always sitting. Yeah. What once in a while we'll get up to act something out. Yeah
0: there's no exercise bike or anything
2: (laughs) we really should get one yeah we really
1: should um
0: wow that's five hours that's yeah a lot of people jealous yeah that's how (laughs) much i get in like a month sure but i imagine now you probably are getting a lot of people saying like hey we have no one's figured out this novel you know like can you read it and come pitch your take on it like do you take a? do you go for that
2: thing is so popular it's really funny um I think what we're going to do next is try to get a feature done before the next festival season, mm-hmm. which means we need to shoot again in, like, July. So that yeah. that is our rough plan, and that means we won't be doing adapted things. Right. But maybe we'll be tired and not do that. <laughs> and
0: end. do you finance it again the same way, or however you figure know. it out? We don't not it out.
2: sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on if uh, your orthodontist is so stoked <laughs> yes. right? that person makes it Our, our makes next their... movie is
2: very different. If yeah. we need to give everyone braces yeah. to get the money, we yeah, they, yeah. we'll consider it.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Well, we should probably wrap things up. Probably time to hop into unpaid endorsements. Unpaid endorsements. So uh, I've got two movie recommendations. One is a short of the week I saw on Twitter the other day. Have you guys seen Bickford Park?
3: No. No.
1: It's it's really wonderful. It's by a husband and wife team uh, out of Toronto. Bickford Park is like this kind of just a quiet black and white movie about a couple um, that are kind of you know on the rocks a little bit. And the woman is out for a jog and runs into a kid who's skateboarding, and she starts taking skateboarding lessons from him. And it's just kind of I love that. It's really like beautiful and quiet and funny and stylized in a way that's, like, awesome because it's just really uh, controlled, you know? And it's 12 minutes, so uh, Bickford Park is the number one. And then the other one is a documentary called Perfect Bid, which is about the guy who... Fed the answers to the contestant in The Price Is Right who did a perfect bid down to the dollar for both Showcase Showdowns.
2: Wait, fed the answers like in an earpiece or something? No,
1: just shouting from like the audience. What? Because he's a <laughs> he super. Got away with that? Y- you're Wait, allowed he to do it. Other? No, oh. they didn't know. They met each other in line, but this guy is like a career Price Is Right and career isn't fair. Lifetime Price Is Right fan who literally like programmed a game for himself where he would quiz himself on all of the different like prizes and how much they cost and just has an encyclopedic knowledge of prices right that's
2: incredible that's amazing my grandmother won a stove on prices really
1: wow yeah and this guy like like he was a diehard but like is a little boring and so it took him like 20 times before he got on the show
0: oh no well it depends like who else is there like if it's like a bunch of old people and they they want to have like a couple young people yeah, young, sure. young-looking people, um,
1: then I think you have a better yeah. chance of getting on. Yeah, yeah, just kind of um, the luck of the draw. So this guy was awesome. he, every—he was a math teacher, and he would spend his summer vacations coming down to go to Prices Right.
0: Uh, I have two really small ones. So I, I endorsed like an iPhone trick before, and everybody knew about it. But I have a new one that I feel like not I, as many people. Uh, I know. showed it to my wife last night, and she was like,
1: "What?" And I was like, "You should listen to the show more."
0: Yeah. Well, that one, it's kind of awesome, but I actually don't use it that much, even though a lot of people said it changed their lives. But this is my new trick. So from the lock screen, did you guys know this? If you swipe, uh, you swipe left, you go straight to the camera, like without unlocking your phone, without face ID, without thumbs. Um, So if you're if you just pick up your phone, right, it's like off and you just pick it up. And you swipe left, you get to the camera instantly, which is good if you have kids or dogs or just need to take a photo really quick because usually yeah. it's taking me yeah. forever to like get to the camera. The other like iPhone trick is if you turn on the grid in your settings, you see the grid on the screen. If you take like an overhead shot, like you're doing like your food or whatever at Squirrel, then uh, <laughs> there's this... It's a toast There's, joke for <laughs> There's these crosshairs, and if you line them up, then you know your phone is perfectly level for those kind of perfectly oh, level shots. So this other thing, I read an article about it. I'm still a little bit on the fence, but I think it's an interesting idea. Is that like whenever you um, pour coffee for yourself, if you you like cream in your coffee, that if you put the cream in before you put the coffee in, then you don't have to mix it.
3: We it. only it, do that. Yeah, Jocelyn taught me that trick. Huh. But <laughs> it's,
0: I mean. I drink a lot of instant coffee. I'm sorry, yeah. but
3: it's because we
0: have this like instant hot water dispenser. So it's just so fast to make. I can make it in like 10 seconds um, That's cool. and I have a decent enough. instant. Yeah. No, coffee. you guys are being too nice,
1: but with that, I'm you can't put the it. cream in first. The um, thing that takes the longest with brewing coffee is waiting for your water to boil. So if you've got instantly hot water, you can still just throw it in. I guess Kettle I could on. use like a French press. Yeah, now a grinding a beans over. and putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I make a pour over every single morning.
2: You do. Yeah,
1: it's my favorite thing. Okay, Warren, you got to do it.
2: <laughs> okay, you guys have to tell me if this is really common, but I feel like I've encountered um, a few dog owners that don't know about this. Mm. Rover.
0: Is it an app to get
1: people to walk your dog?
2: To like to watch them. So we... oh, I okay. have seen
1: my my Justin Lerner who lives across the yeah. hall from me has a padlock on his door.
2: Oh, this is Wag probably. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong. I thing. can't use Wag because I live in a loft that you like can't get in with one of those. But uh, we travel a lot for work, sure. and luckily, usually someone in my family can watch my dog. But when they can't. I use Rover, which is like a dating app for people to watch your dog. Like you can oh. like swipe through and find people.
1: It's literally like Tinder, but like, yeah. oh, this person's going to watch my dog. For yeah. Me. Is it R-O-V-R?
2: R-O-V-E-R? R-O-V-E-R. Oh, okay. And you can get really great prices. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, usually the people I book on Rover are cheaper than my dog's daycare for like an uh, overnight stay. Sure.
3: Yeah
0: um when do they come to your house
2: you can do either oh wow (laughs) you yeah you can have them come stay at your house like one time i had a college student who was this sweet girl just so excited to have a kitchen because she lived in a dorm (laughs) (laughs) you get to
0: see like a picture like this is a weird thing but i feel like my wife would trust like a female stranger more than like a male stranger so,
2: I, can you pick time, those things? I bet there's yeah. some
1: statistical proof that backs that up. I feel like, right? Yeah, like yeah. that makes sense.
2: I think that's true. Mm-hmm. That girl took Marceau, my dog, to the grove every day. Wow, for like six days. College <laughs> students like, love the grove. Great. Um yeah, Rover. Okay,
3: mine is a show.
1: Ooh, it's yeah.
3: a cabaret show. In New York. So this is for the New York listeners or people that can get to New York. It's the Salty Brine Living Record Collection. And Salty is a cabaret performer who's been performing around New York, particularly the East Village, for the last decade. Yeah. He's hands down my favorite live performer I've ever seen. He's hilarious and like will make you laugh and cry. And what he does is he takes um, albums, kind of famous albums, uh-huh. and reimagines them, and like he'll sing them with like a jazz quartet, or he usually mm-hmm. takes a different music genre and performs right. the album with like, and then he'll take um, he'll have like a theme. So this month he's he has a residency at Joe's Pub for this whole year, and he's doing um, Led Zeppelin. I think it's called Four Mm -hmm. is the album. I don't know anything about Led Zeppelin. But he's doing that album mixed with Tales of the High Sea Uh and, like, excerpts from (laughs) Treasure Island, the novel. So Salty Brine's living record collection. He's at Joe's Pub. He's doing shows basically throughout the rest of the year, every, like, two months. And... Go see him if you have the chance, if you're in New York.
2: I want to point out a fun fact about Salty Brian, which is that that is his
3: given name.
1: No, <laughs> really? Yeah.
3: Salty Brian the third. Wow. His grandfather is like a Rhode Island local celebrity.
0: Wait, is Brian yeah. his last name?
3: Yeah. Brian, yeah. B-R-I-N-E. And yeah. he has a state beach named after him. The Salty Brines yeah. State Beef. His grandfather, who was, like, played a pirate on a local children's television show. <laughs> uh, well,
0: cool. Thanks so much for talking to us, and congratulations on everything. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good time to be you guys. Yeah.
2: Well, th- thank you, and we, are, we feel honored to be on this show. We are fans of you guys and so admire what you do for the filmmaking community.
0: Ah, uh, shucks. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's really... We just want to talk yeah, and record ourselves it's and hear so ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realize other people had access to this for quite a while. So if we want to find out more about you or if our listeners want to see your shorts that are online and stuff, where should they go?
2: Yeah. Um, Vimeo.
3: Vimeo, yeah.
0: Vimeo.com, that's mm-hmm. your website? Vimeo
3: dot. Yeah. our <laughs> We We
0: started oh, we do Vimeo. have a
2: website. Yeah. It's called gulpsplash.com. Yes. We update it once every two years. <laughs> Yes. Maybe, maybe update it hey. sooner. No, we, we should update.
0: Or what should people type into Vimeo? <laughs> Green or grass, and then they'll find your channel? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And our like production company is Gulp Splash. So if you search that, I think. That might be that the name video. of our channel. Yeah, that's yeah. Not positive. It's one word.
0: Yeah. That rings a bell, uh, I feel uh, like. That's two, two words. Which one? Yeah. Who of you is gulping? Oh, yeah, who's who's gulping. Oh,
2: it's the <laughs> dumbest name. And I blame <laughs> Dom <dumb>, completely for this. <laughs> it was like... We, like we didn't... We never chose a company name. It was like... We needed an LLC to transfer money sure. into quickly. And... This was something Don and her husband were saying at breakfast in the morning, just as a joke.
3: Yeah, so I'm, like, filling out the paperwork on, like, the California government website (laughs) because I just had to to make our short where, like, if someone gets injured, we need an LLC. And so... It was that just like (laughs) spit it out, like Gulp Splash. Okay, that'll be it. And then now it's just become our company name, which we don't like. And it's too late to change it. It's too late to change
2: (laughs) it. But the reason it's called Gulp Splash, too, which is funny, is that Jeff used to cook uh, scrambled eggs for breakfast, but it would take a time. You have to clean a pan. And then he started eating just hard boiled eggs. And he was like, they're so easy to eat. You just gulp splash. Breakfast is done. Yum. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And, and this now is the it's name our, our company. company.
0: I think it's kind of a cool name. Yeah, I, it's not
1: so bad. Better I, than my
0: first company, Suction Productions.
2: Suction Productions. <laughs>
0: Suction Productions is we liked Gulp
2: Splash so. Fine until Mitch McGee on the set of Buzz started using it. Like, oh, you guys! Like, we, we we're in a rush. We just have to do it. So gold splash! <laughs> we <were> like, <laughs> and now we never, <laughs> we never can
3: forget it.
0: Well, if you want to find out more about what we talked about, we're gonna have a post on our website, just justshootitpod.com. You can find us on all social media. Just shoot it at. At Just Shoot It Pod on Facebook, Instagram,
1: Twitter. On Instagram, I'm at okaplan. I'm Matt, Mr. Matt Enlow. This episode was edited by Jay McAuliffe, produced by Madeline Rosewatt, and our webmaster is Ewan Williams. The music you're listening to right now is by the artist Jazar and provided by the Free Music Archive.
0: And if you can leave us an iTunes review, it would be very helpful. So do it.
1: Thanks, please. everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.